0: no fucking way that's enough to keep him out!
1: I don't know, I gotta get something else there, Go ahead.
0: Hit this! I'll hang on to Stand this! What are you doing? how the hell, the hell you use this ass? thing? You read the instructions? Uh, remove the pin. Out oh, you're all muscle and no brains, boy! Welcome, everyone, to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 153. I'm Larry, and with me, as always, is Jessalyn. Hello. Uh, My Bleeding Ears Podcast, a little podcast that I came up with a few years ago, and it's just pretty much just a movie-reviewing podcast, if you haven't listened to us before. We run through a bunch of, usually like horror movies or action movies or some of the more popular ones and some of the more less popular films we'll go through and talk about and then at the end of the episode, or the second half of the episode actually, we will do our movie of the week where we go a little more in depth with the film itself and then uh, then that's the show and it's over and less than an (laughs) hour (laughs) long, so welcome everyone. So,
1: listen to our opinions or don't, whatever. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, um, usually we like to start off with all the movies that we've seen lately, and that's what we're going to do. So, uh, Jesslyn, why don't you start us off with some of these? We have a lot again (laughs) this uh, episode. We do. So, all right. Start burning.
1: I just woke up like 20 minutes ago, so the, the cough is just wake up cough.
0: Mm. Edit edit out
1: the wake-up cough.
0: No, i got to keep it in now. (laughs) It's a popular cough. So first,
1: let's get through all the Joe Bobs. Um, If you're listeners, you probably know that we're huge Joe Bob fans. We are children of the 80s, so we can't really help it. Um, So let's go through all the Joe Bobs that we watched. We didn't watch them all, but we watched most of them. Mm -hmm. Um, First up, let's talk about Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop 2. Let's talk about both of those.
0: Right, right. Uh, I've seen both of these movies before. I believe I saw the second one before I saw the first one. Okay. But then I watched the first one later on. Because I remember watching the second one and being like, oh shit, Bruce Campbell's in this movie? And am like, oh shit, Bruce Campbell's not in this movie anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what I
1: realized is that I thought I had seen Maniac Cop. False. I have seen Maniac Cop 2. I've yeah. never seen Maniac Cop. Because when you said Bruce Campbell's in this one and, and Joe Bob Briggs had Bruce Campbell on and interviewed, I was like, why? He dies in the first five minutes. False. he dies in the first five minutes of the second one
0: exactly yeah and it's kind of weird because i remember growing up and watching you know army of darkness and uh, the evil dead movies and everything and so i i you you i distinctly remember bruce campbell and then later on in life i saw the maniac cop movies i saw part two and then i saw him die and i was like oh fuck okay He's not getting big roles i guess i don't know but then I saw Maniac Cop One. I was like, "Okay, Bruce Campbell's mm-hmm. in this movie. He's the hero, and he's not. He really isn't. He's no, he's, the, not. he's just uh, kind of a douchebag a little bit. And but he's the one who's uh, thought to be the maniac cop. Right. To which later on, of course, they figure out he isn't. But it's just it's just funny like like seeing these actors throughout time, and then you know you see them again um, after these low budget movies." And it's, I mean, it's its pretty cool to see the long, uh, longevity of, of, like, careers.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was also interesting to hear two different viewpoints, because they also interviewed the director of
0: both. Bill Lustig, yep. Yeah,
1: Bill Lustig. Um, and when they mm. interviewed Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell was pretty honest about why he wasn't in the second one very much. He yeah. asked for more money and they wouldn't give it to him. Yep. The director says, oh no, no th- we killed him for shock value. At yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that <laughs> yeah, right. not what happened according to Bruce Campbell. Yeah. He asked to get paid a fair amount for the second movie. They declined this offer, mm-hmm. this ask. And yeah. Um, and it was so long ago. I mean, Bruce Campbell isn't, uh, Bruce Campbell did just fine. Yeah. So he's he's not okay. As though he's upset. Well. Yeah but interesting they're, they're both fun movies the first yeah. one I think is more fun than the second one
0: see I like the second one more it's more action and, and less yeah. mystery that's true um. uh, but yeah that's a good way to do a sequel like that of course you, you build up all the mystery in the first one and then the second one you, you have all the answers for the most part and you just you're along for the destruction and right. for the finale So
1: yeah and and it is a fun ride, and it is fun that they kill, that worked out really well, that they kill Bruce Campbell at the beginning, because Ooh. then you you have no idea what's going to happen. Right. No one's safe. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next Joe Bob, and I actually think maybe the only other Joe Bob that we watch Because
0: we skipped over Audition and Train to Busan. Yeah. i have seen Train to Busan recently, so I didn't want to watch it again just yet, but... I think maybe in a couple of years I'll watch it with Joe Bob. Yeah, that'll be fun.
1: Right, exactly. So we skipped that one and then there was Mandy and I yeah. I watched Mandy twice so I could like really hate it on yeah. an intellectual level. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for not making me watch that again. Um we watched Spookies, which yes. I've never heard of.
0: I have heard of this movie for a very, very long time. Yeah. And I remember seeing it on the shelves at video stores. And it always looked kind of scary because there's the the guy on the front kind of howl it looks like he's howling yeah. <laughs> yeah so um I was always intrigued about it until many years ago I would look through my little movie guide book that I had before the internet and everything and, and of course they rated this movie as you know shitty and you should totally not watch this film pass it up kind of thing. Um so, but I mean i was was still intrigued because of the cover and I remember seeing the cover everywhere, so finally, of course, uh Joe Bob shows it and watch it, and uh, yeah, it isn't very good, but I'm happy he's showing the stuff like this. I really am
1: absolutely and the I think that the gore effects are pretty good, like the yeah, monsters
0: so, look good, yes, yes, even I agree
1: if the plot itself isn't even there, like right, I don't yeah. think there is one,
0: not really no. <laughs> But it's I, I like how he's just not doing the bangers, you know, um, of course. like all the hits and everything, and like he's actually showing these movies that are are just not good, or, yeah. or just kind of hidden in a way, or people like me have passed up for so long,
1: like hidden little gems lost in time. Right. I love that he does that because sure he's a character. He's a host, but mm-hmm. he's a movie historian. Yeah, it's I true. I mean, he is. He knows everything about film. He knows everything about geography. But Joe Bob knows everything, it yeah. seems like. Uh, so it's really interesting to hear him talk about, I mean, he just knows so much right. about even the smallest movies
0: like Spookies. Yeah. I wouldn't call this movie a gem. More of like a nugget. Well, like no, a, 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 like nugget a shit nugget. lost
1: in time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> lost in a dumpster. Fool's gold lost in time, let <laughs>
1: All right, next. So that was all the Joe Bobs. All right, good. So now we'll just go through... Okay, the first one that we watched was Lucky, 2020, on Shudder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The premise of this is this is um, like a TED Talk type of woman who is speaking to other women about being successful. She's Mm -hmm. like a a talking head. Um, And she ends up... The premise is really interesting. Uh, Every single night... A uh, masked man comes to try to kill her.
0: You're right. Every
1: yeah. single night. Um, once her husband is with her, uh, he seems to know what's going on. He, yeah. He's almost bored like, oh, it's the guy who tries to kill us every night.
0: Right, um, right. She doesn't
1: understand what he's talking about. Um, even when she kills this man, he comes back to life.
0: Right. It, yeah. It's almost
1: a joke. And I think it's a funny joke. Like, you turn your back for a second on the serial killer who's right, lying unconscious, yeah. turns around and he's gone.
0: Yeah. Every time. (laughs) Yeah, interesting concept for a movie. Uh, I was having a hard time trying to remember this one, too, for a minute, but now I do. Um, Interesting. It was interesting.
1: It's a a horror movie based on smashing the patriarchy. I I really love that more and more women are writing horror movies. Yeah,
0: me too. Because
1: the the premises are different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But
1: the... Like I think the gore is still there, the fun is still there. Um, I do feel like they were shoving it down our throats a little bit. Like I get what you're trying to do, but maybe you're maybe you're trying to tell a different audience. Maybe maybe men are watching your movie and you're trying to explain this to them. But mm. as a woman, a 41 year old woman, yes, I've encountered all of this. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about and what you're doing. I liked it. I thought it was yeah. a, a a good way to be able to visualize patriarchy in a horror movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so sorry that I sort of spoiled what it's about. It,
0: it, it, I mean, uh, well, it, it, it starts out pretty quickly that you, you they give you the premise of it. And that it's, they
1: do. And it's not just her. It turns out that every woman, at least around her, is fighting a serial killer every night. Um, so it's obviously like a metaphor for the women who have to fight... Through all of these men to get where they want to be. Right. Yeah. That's what it is. Um. And I liked it. I thought it was. Yeah, it was They did a good job. And I, I, I'm also glad that they made it funny in some parts because you yes, have to do yeah. that. in And there horror needs games.
0: to be some levity. <clears throat> levity in those kind of uh, stories.
1: Exactly. Um. And I thought they did a good job playing with the slasher genre. So lucky unshutter Check it out. Next up, also on Shudder from 2021,
0: Shook. Shook. Yes.
1: Um, This was not Imogen Poots,
0: even though it
1: looks a lot like Imogen Poots to me, right? A
0: little bit, yeah. Let's
1: see, what is her name? Daisy Tudor. (laughs) I kept looking like, are we sure this isn't Imogen Poots? But it's not.
0: She's probably, it sounds very much like a British name. I bet she's British.
1: Yeah. Um, So the premise of this one... Um, Mia is a social media star, and she becomes the target of an online terror campaign. So she has to solve a series of games to prevent her friends from being hurt. So she's seeing her friends being tortured. Right, and she has yeah. to do certain things to stop that.
0: Right. Um, interesting premise. Uh-huh. Um, it was executed okay. Uh-huh. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't a bad movie. It, um... There's some twists and turns, of mm-hmm. course, in, the, in this film. I somewhat recommend it. Don't expect too much out of it. But it's... I guess it's something that I didn't necessarily predict. No. But, uh, yeah, I say check it out. Yeah, it I some, would say uh, check
1: it out. It's brand new. I don't want to ruin...
0: Yeah, too much of it. Too much
1: of it. Because there are a couple of twists in there. Yeah,
0: so we'll just... We'll keep it as that. So, yeah. yeah. Ch- why not check it out?
1: Shook. Check it
0: out. Shook. <laughs> Next
1: up, Plus One, 2013 on IFC Unlimited. I am I like that channel. I'm glad that I'm keeping it.
0: Right. Uh, I remember seeing this movie around for a while now and <clears> always <throat> passing it up because it didn't, it looked, and I'm really going to age myself with this one, it looked very teeny bopperish It
1: does. And me, and that...
0: especially even using that fucking term, it makes, ages me like 40 years but exactly. I,
1: I still love the fun T D Bopper slasher. I can't mm-hmm. help myself. Um, but that's not exactly what this was. No, this is yeah. about
0: kind of like a, a ripple in time yeah. where it repeats. Uh, but the other people who already experienced it, everyone get to gets to experience the same thing over again. Uh, very, very, uh, very interesting film, and I, I liked it a lot actually. I
1: liked it too. Um, whenever I see a movie that does something like this, I automatically think of... Coherence. Coherence, which is the best movie about like a comet, a, a comet flying over and creating a dimensional portal where there's more than one of you. Yes. It's done so, so well. Yes. Um, I never think that anything's going to live up to Coherence, but this came pretty close. I yeah, liked it. Yeah, this one yeah. was
0: good. There was uh, suspense. There was... A lead guy who, who in any other movie, would be the hero.
1: Mm, False. Purge. The Purge is what he's from. No, not the actor.
0: (laughs) The character. You're right. (laughs) In anything else, he would be... In any other kind of movie like this, he would be the hero in any other time. But this guy's intentions are so against what the other girl's feel what his, his ex girlfriend is about, that he just he's ignorant to her feelings even when he knows her feelings. Right. And he's not necessarily the hero in this movie and but you still follow him and you 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 somewhat root for him in a way, but at the same time you're like you're kind of the villain also in a way.
1: Yeah, because I didn't root
0: for him at all.
1: I see I see how some people would kind of root How for you me. can. Yeah, you how could. you could root for him. Not Absolutely. necessarily
0: how you will, how you yeah. could root for him in a situation like this. And how you could how you would root for this man if this movie were made in the 80s or 90s. How You're things right. have changed in and just in people. So I, I do recommend this movie. I think you should watch it. I don't really want to talk too much more too. About, about the plot as much or about uh, just certain characters. It's
1: that idea. It's definitely that idea that, okay, you betrayed your partner, so instead of making up for it, could you hide it? And oh. everybody has that feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: maybe the easiest thing to do would, would be to hide it. Right. Um, which is kind of what he's doing while a dimensional portal is open. Yeah. Right. It's it's interesting. Yes. So I
0: under, I agree with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely checked this one out. I liked it a lot. <clears throat> Lots of boobs in it. So A plus for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's one actor who's nude. Throughout the whole movie. Um, there's a little, a little pipe swinging mm-hmm. that I I didn't need. I never asked for. But there it is. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: I'm always asking for the
1: boobs. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I'm always asking for the pipe
0: too. There needs to be more
1: pipe swinging, whether I like to look at it or not. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I mean, I don't necessarily like all the boobs I see. All right, that's a lie. Anyway, next movie.
1: (laughs) Next movie um so let's get into the newer bigger ones uh-huh. uh army of the dead ah. 2021 on netflix this is the next four-hour offering from <laughs> Zack snyder it's only two
0: hours and 34
1: minutes two hours and 34 minutes
0: hey some of those are credits so we'll go two hours and 30 minutes ah <laughs> oh, big expensive zombie movie so, big, expensive zombie movies. You're going to you're gonna get a lot of action. You're going to get a lot of destruction. You're going to get a yeah. lot of zombies.
1: I would say it's if Zack Snyder made a zombie movie, but actually he's made one in the past that wasn't so big and was actually pretty good. Yeah. However, he did not write it, which is the important point here.
0: Yes. So
1: we're th- I'm talking about the Dawn of the Dead remake, which James Gunn wrote and right. Zack Snyder directed.
0: And I remember when like, he wrote it, I remember when that Dawn of the Dead movie came out because I remember like this guy Zack Snyder who's directing like who the fuck is that yeah and then it's directed it's written by James Gunn and it's the guy who wrote Scooby Doo yeah and I remember people were like what the fuck like a guy is writing the guy who wrote Scooby Doo this He's remaking movie? a
1: classic right yeah.
0: and so but hey uh, it worked out really well
1: it did um, this is another zombie movie by Zack Snyder that Zack Snyder. Wrote?
0: Directed, wrote, um, filmed, edited. Uh, director
1: of photography, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, he um, did everything. He should
1: part. have James Gunn keep writing his scripts. I He's think. way
0: too busy. <laughs> He's okay. so busy.
1: That's it. Okay,
0: busy. the script isn't all that great. Right. The acting might not even be all that great. But this movie is very entertaining. It's I entertaining. enjoyed myself. I did too. I wanted to see some zombies get bloated up and shot and some people killed and some... Some Las Vegas attractions. And, and some... Zack
1: Snyder likes to do like the faster, maybe more eh, intelligent zombies. That's
0: fine. That's fine. And
1: I'm fine with that. I, I do always think of George Romero in interviews getting mad about that, because that's not the point of zombies. Right. <laughs> He's yeah. right. Yeah, but it, I, I like him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I had a good time watching this movie. It didn't seem overly long for me, because um, I... I I've been I asked for this. I really did ask for this back in the nineties. The like how come there needs to be more zombie movies? There needs to be more end of the world kind of shit. And it didn't really happen again until like kind of the Walking Dead and Dawn of the Dead came back of uh, the remake. Then and, and Resident Evil movies helped a little bit too, but yeah, it was the Walking Dead that really brought the zombie thing back. And of course, a large influx of zombies again for yes. like what the it's third renaissance I want to say maybe yeah. of zombie movies so I liked it man it was fun there was explosions and guns okay okay here it is here it is let's say Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead is Resident Evil the video game is Resident Evil 3 okay. or 2 even let's say that Dawn of the Dead but uh army of the dead is the resident evil movies <laughs> <laughs> that have nothing to do with the movies nothing and it's just yeah. action and explosions yeah. and everything which I'm fine with
1: also um I didn't notice until we watched a youtube review of it I honestly didn't notice how much it rips off go ahead
0: Oh, which I forgot. What does it rip off? Aliens. Oh, yeah, yeah. It does rip off aliens a lot. Almost
1: directly in several instances.
0: It really does. And I
1: never noticed. Batista uh Ripley, uh-huh. and once you know that and watch Army of Darkness, you will see some direct rip-offs of Aliens.
0: Army of Darkness? Army of the Dead. Army
1: of the, Army the Dead, Dead, whatever. It's close. Sorry, Army this. of the Dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I remember now, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but there's a Vasquez character in there. Uh-huh. She's probably the best character in the movie. Uh, then, um, yeah, there's just some other parts The the uh, Vasquez explosion. Yeah. You always were an asshole Gorman scene.
1: There's a Burke. and I, I'm really mad at myself yeah. for not noticing Burke right out of the gate. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. It, it is a big ripoff of Aliens, too. Yeah. Which, hey, man, it's my favorite movie of all time. Which so is so probably if you're another reason
1: off, you liked it so much. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's fine. It's way too long. It's smacks of Zack Snyder because Zack Snyder <laughs> is all over this. Um... The script is stupid. It directly rips off a classic horror action movie. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That's my review of Army of the
0: Dead. But check it out, though. It's fun. Check it out. It's
1: on Netflix. Why not? Who am I to stop you? Opinions are subjective. Next. We watched a couple of let's get some TV shows out of the way, actually. There are a couple. I finally got you to watch Chernobyl.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Which is Chernobyl. A,
1: basically a six-part limited series horror movie that is 100% true.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, that's what I... As I first started watching this because you watched it before, and you did a mini-review for it mm-hmm. on the show way back. And then I finally watched it because I was interested in it. I, I really wanted to see what the... Uh, downfall and get more info about it, uh, but yeah, after watching that first episode, I was like, "Wow, this is a fucking horror movie!" Oh yeah, it is. It, the way it's filmed, the music, the just the atmosphere of it and everything—it's like a germ warfare movie, or maybe kind of like even somewhat of a zombie movie in a way.
1: That absolutely happened, yes. which is the most terrifying part.
0: Which I think this show, it came out two years ago, right?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, it
0: came out two years ago, like right after Game of Thrones ended, and everyone watched it, and uh, there was all this shit about it, and then not too long after that, the pandemic hit.
1: Yeah. And
0: I got to watch this show quite a long time after the pandemic hit, and... It related a lot more.
1: Uh-huh. Definitely. Watching it
0: this time around or this time, for me at least. I can't answer for you what it was like, but there was just things like, Oh, just stay away from those people, get away. They're all that yeah. uh, kind of I, thing.
1: I started watching it kind of at the beginning of the mm-hmm. pandemic. And yeah, same. You I'm we'll spoil this. What it oh, yeah. actually happened it in the eighties. Oh, yeah. So um there are people so the reason I wanted to watch it is because we watched Army of the Dead. There's a nuclear explosion. They blow up Las Vegas. And there are people that are just like just outside in the desert. And "And these guys are fine. Yeah, no problem. But I had watched Chernobyl and I know what actually happens is that eventually you'll just like melt. All your innards will melt. It will be extremely painful. Morphine can't help you because all your veins are melting. And then you die a horrific death. Yeah. That's what (laughs) happens with radiation poisoning. Poisoning. Um, So that's why I wanted to watch Chernobyl and ruining it. So it, it starts out as you think it's just a small fire on the roof. I mean, you know it isn't, but Right. Yeah. people in, in Chernobyl think it's just a small fire on the roof of the nuclear plant. And then all the people standing around it, like there are people on the bridge just watching right. the fire. You just know all these people are dead. Right. All these people in the city are dead.
0: And that, that part kind of reminded me a little bit of Night of the Comet, in a way. Yeah. So where they're all on that bridge and, like, all the fallouts coming down and all that You're shit. You're right. And there's, like, oh, kind of, you know, like, hey, there's a party, Partying, there's a fire yeah. and everything. And then, you yeah, you find out at the end of the series that, yeah, all the people who were on that bridge died horribly. Oh, <laughs> horribly. Uh,
1: and the, <clears throat> the effects, the... The effects of the people in the hospital, it really does look like they're melting. It's yeah, horrific. It is. It it's is a horror
0: fucking movie. gross. All
1: the people who helped to stop... Well, that's the weird thing about radiation. Not all the people who helped to stop it and contain it died.
0: Right. Most some, of
1: them did. Some of them lived. Yeah, so.
0: I read about one of the guys that's featured, actually, in the movie. Because a lot of the characters in there are real. Uh, a lot of the... Uh, like, there's the one guy in like the first episode... He, uh, he's like a bigger fellow, and he holds like one of the doors open, and he gets his burned, like his yeah. ass burnt on the thing. He actually lived for a while after mm-hmm. that, for like 20 years he lived. Interesting stuff, but yeah, he got all fucked up, and then the other guys just got melted. A couple <laughs> of guys
1: who went in to contain it in the first place and stopped the water, a couple of them lived, yeah. even though they were pretty much told they would last a couple of weeks. Yeah you're, like, yeah, you're
0: pretty fucked, buddy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you're watching all of these civilians in Russia have to, I mean, they're almost, the miners are forced to, the miners are not forced to, but were forced to. I mean, they to were by the forced government, to, yeah. yeah to, to, to contain it.
0: To dig and, a huge tunnel into the water area, to empty the water into the, the, the hole where the... the nuclear reactor exploding yeah,
1: to stop it from leaking into the water system oh, and so yeah, yeah yeah it's because oh. that would have killed all of russia basically
0: you get a lot of swinging pipe in this fucking show I'll so tell you that. much
1: pipe hbo is not afraid of a dick oh, yeah, these man. days and i appreciate that hbo oh yeah because oh, the miners <laughs> are so hot and they can't put ventilation fans in there because that'll spread it everywhere That they just get naked
0: HBO, baby. Yeah. Hung boys only.
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't call them hung, but you do see some penis.
0: Uh, whoops. probably Well, <laughs> it's Russia. Give them a fucking break, man. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> hot down there, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Say. Dick melted off. <laughs> anyway. And, and as you're watching the show, too, you're seeing all these people just walking around the area and you're like, oh, you're dead. You're into that. area you. are fucked.
1: And, yeah, Jared Harris and Stellan Skarsgård are the two main characters. Right. Um, great, great Jared Harris geez. knows immediately and is, oh, they're excellent. They're so good. I'm pretty sure Stellan Skarsgård won a Golden Globe for it. Yeah. It's much yeah. deserved. Um, all the Skarsgårds, just brilliant men. <laughs>
0: what a great gene pool there. Nice.
1: But uh, they, I mean, they know Jared Harris is up front with Stellan Skarsgård's character. Like, we are dead. We will die of cancer in the yeah. next five years.
0: Yeah, That's we're just fucked. just how it
1: is. Yeah. yeah. And... They did, or they would have, but Jared Harris's character commits suicide. You see that at the beginning, mm-hmm. and it's actually his suicide in his memoirs that brought all of this to light.
0: Right? Yeah, because um, the Russian or the Soviet Union shut all that shit down. Didn't <clears throat> want to tell the United <throat>
1: States exactly what was going on for obvious reasons. They were not friendly.
0: They do not want to seem weak. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, um, and then a, a lot of the show also is kind of like. Trying to figure out, or or uh, our different characters like Jared Harris and uh, was it Emily Mortimer? Is that it? no? What it's not it? Emily Mortimer. Damn. It's Emily. Something or other. I God know. damn it! She's she's in she was in um,
1: Red Dragon. Red
0: Dragon as the blind woman. But uh, she's a made up character that was like a uh, a bunch of different scientists put together to Emily Watson Emily Watson to do all the research and question all the people who were there and to get all the info about what happened there to come out right interesting stuff
1: right so her characters yeah based on all the scientists Mm -hmm. that were there they just narrowed it down to one but other than that I mean what actually happened in that explosion all of that is true Mm -hmm. all of it is true even if some of the characters Mm -hmm. aren't real
0: you know what I really liked about this too is that they didn't try and use a bunch of stupid Russian accents it was all just, like, mostly British accents in the movie and the it show. It is. They didn't try and make it all, like, Gombrad kind of, you yeah. know, shit. It would have it been stupid. But, like, they got all British and Swedish actors and all from all over the spectrum to do... And, and, and it didn't seem like they were just trying to make it a Russian kind of thing. It was just, all right, here it is. Let's just try and let's get through this. <laughs> yeah,
1: I get it. Like it's set in Russia but they're not speaking Russian. Let's move on. Yeah.
0: yeah. And there's like, like Gorbachev and everything is is portrayed in here. Mm-hmm. He's not like a caricature. It was no. interesting stuff. I liked it.
1: Yeah, it's excellent. Definitely see Chernobyl if you haven't already. I
0: want to I want to watch it again. It was nuts.
1: I was I didn't think I'd be able to watch it again and I was riveted Oof. a second time. Yeah. Chernobyl. Next, I just finished *Mayor of Easttown. That just came out this year on HBO Max. Um, Uh And, you know, I just wanted to mention that I saw it, and it's really good, and everyone should watch it. Um, And I don't want to ruin anything, because it just came out. But it's a murder mystery. It's starring Kate Winslet, who plays this small-town detective, and there's a mystery to solve.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And she's wonderful, and everybody in it is wonderful, and...
0: No, uh, she she's the mayor of Easttown. Her name's it's Mayor M so
1: A R E. That is her horse? nickname, oh. Mayor of Easttown.
0: Oh, the, yeah, that's what the I mayor. thought at
1: first. Like, are they comparing her to a, a horse? And kind of, it's she's she did this one cool basketball shot in high school, and everybody calls her Lady Hawk. And so she has this. Her life is kind of falling apart, but she has this kind of imposter syndrome. Um, Like, everybody expects her to operate at this level, and she doesn't feel like she deserves that sort Mm -hmm. of recognition.
0: Okay, I gotcha.
1: It's a really interesting character. Kate Winslet pulls it off flawlessly. She didn't allow uh, herself to be touched, retouched in the poster. And she also has a quick sex scene that they were supposed to retouch, that she wouldn't allow them to retouch her body. Um... And when I heard that, that's part of what made me interesting, interested because we've all seen Kate Winslet's body. Yeah. I mean, if you watched Kate Winslet movies, she's not afraid to show her body.
0: And she's been scrutinized for that shit forever. Oh, yes. It's just like, who... who? Where, what fucking planet do you people come from? Like, dude, she's fucking hot. Like, She's gorgeous. Oh, man, just because she's not a fucking beanpole? Jeez. Well, that's
1: the thing. And, yeah, and I remember in the 90s, people would call her fat. And I looked at her and was like, is this the definition of fat? And so now she looks like a 45-year-old woman because Kate Winslet is a 45-year-old woman. And I thought, oh, wow, this sex scene must show everything. No, it shows she takes off her shirt She's got a little belly like a 45-year-old woman would. Uh-huh. She's got her bra on, scenes probably 45 seconds long, and that's it. So it's amazing to me that you retouch little scenes like that. Really?
0: Okay, so they were pissed off because... Well, see, I'm pissed off for a whole nother other, other reason, even though I didn't watch the show, is that she kept her bra on.
1: You want to see her boobs now.
0: Again, yes. You've seen her
1: boobs at various stages of her life. I want to see her stomach,
0: stomach too, man. see them
1: now. Anyway, I... Evolution. I, I really respect Kate Winslet for doing oh, that. Oh, yeah. And it just it blows me away that that was even in the news because that scene is so short. Yeah.
0: Trash, trash, trash. Yeah.
1: So, Mare of Easttown. Check it out. I don't want to spoil anything. It's really good. HBO Max. All right. New movies. <clears throat> We watched Shadow in the Cloud.
0: Yes. That's on Hulu,
1: but it's actually Showtime, right? Right, right. So that's our Showtime add-on. That is, it takes place during World War II. Yes. Um, It's got Chloe Grace Moretz. Yes. And it's a monster movie.
0: Yes. Um, So pretty much this movie is about um, Chloe Grace Moretz, Boarding a an Australian uh, or American plane, or well, a plane <laughs> owned by the Allies in World War Two, departing from Australia. Right. Chloe Grace Moretz boards this plane with a bunch of other jerks, um, uh, soldiers. Yeah. Who, of course, are, are making passes at her, you know, just the same old 40s bullshit. Women can't do this. so oh, she's freaking out. She's hysterical kind of yeah. thing. <clears throat> she boards this uh, plane and, of course, back in, I don't know how long, in the 40s, 30s, maybe even before that, there was the, the superstition of gremlins attacking uh, planes, or,
1: yeah, it starts with a cartoon that's supposed to be kind of a joke about you got to keep your plane clean right, or, the or gremlins are going to get it. Right, yeah. yeah,
0: and what gremlin usually meant was that people didn't, or soldiers or engineers didn't prep their planes correctly and right. they would blame it on gremlins. So, um, uh, so yeah, that's, that's uh, the beginning of our story. So she boards this plane, she has to sit in one of those gunner cockpits... In one of these big planes that would, uh, they would transport things, but they'd also have guns on board to protect themselves. Yeah. I don't know the exact name of the plane. Um,
1: she gets stuck in a turret.
0: Right, because they they have her in there, and of course there's some. It's kind of rickety a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some malfunctions. They're uh, attacked by the Japanese at some point too, so their plane takes more damage. Uh, but she brings aboard like a, a box full of something in there to which she says it's very important that I get this to wherever I'm going. Please no one check this thing. So okay, there's a, a sense of mystery in this box and we don't necessarily know what's in there. But then we see that um, gremlins do exist in this movie and that they're tearing this plane apart. Uh, she has She's on the comms to the other soldiers and the pilot and everything saying that... Um, there's, uh, there's something out there, um, and then there's also Japanese planes out there, too, to which they don't believe her either, because she's a woman, Right. once again, and that's kind of like where our story starts, really, is it's most, like, the first half of the movie is Chloe Grace Moretz in uh, uh, one of these gunner cockpits, and is stuck in there, and we're just hearing her conversations with the other members of the right. ship, of the mm-hmm. flight crew. Uh, of them talking, but we see everything that she sees. And then, yeah, she sees the gremlin and everything. Uh, we're told that, or she tells us that she actually is a soldier, and uh, she's flown ships before, she knows what she's doing, and she knows what she's talking about kind of thing. Right. And everyone just kind of passes her off like she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. And that goes on for a, like a little more than half of the movie. We mm-hmm. get to see her by herself for the most part, and uh, fighting gremlin, a gremlin,
1: yeah, and the gremlins look like bats. Yeah, without like, wings, and then it turns out, oh, they do have they wings. They do have wings, They're yes. Like giant bats.
0: <coughs> I didn't know what to expect from this movie. Yeah. I didn't watch a trailer at all. I was just I heard it was uh pretty good. I didn't know. I, it looks like from the poster it looks like it's going to be this big like World War II gunner kind of movie, and it isn't. It's No. It's somewhat like a one-woman show for the most part in this movie. Uh, I like this one a lot, actually. I thought it was... um, It kept me really interested because of the the aspect of just showing her and not the rest of the crew for most of the movie. You just hear them talking to her. And then eventually and gradually believing in what she's saying. And plus, of course, there's some twists thrown in there, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I liked it a lot, actually. Um, I thought it was pretty fun. I
1: liked it. I'm still digesting it. I immediately got the feeling um, that this is a movie with the main character as a woman, but the script was definitely written by a man. And when I checked, it's written by Max Landis, and it's also Mm -hmm. written by Roseanne Liang.
0: Who also directed it, I believe. uh,
1: Who directed it, yeah. Um, I still felt a little bit like it was a female main character written by a man,
0: I agree with that, but I have I know why. Okay, so you're you're watching this movie, and and yes, female and male action heroes are different. Mm-hmm. They do d- things differently. Yeah. But this woman in this movie, Chloe Grace, <clears throat> you find out that she's kind of a badass in this movie, and she sure. does a lot of crazy shit, a lot of stuff that. As I'm I, at first, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, oh my god, this is so unbelievable. But then I put myself in this position. I said. But what if this character was Jason Statham? What if he was doing all this stuff, too, that she does in this movie? To which there are thousands of feet in the air and she's climbing underneath the plane. Like, I mean, that's nearly impossible shit. But it's an action movie, yes. And it's something that I would see a man do and I wouldn't fucking question it once even though I know how ridiculous it is. So as soon as I was like, okay, fuck it. You know what, she could do this, too. I'm watching an action hero in a movie that, I mean... It's a movie. It's fake. I want to see her, like, kick ass and everything. I want to see her do something very impossible in this movie. So, and that's the reason why I like this movie a lot, is because they made this woman into a male action hero. And I like that. It was something different because I'm usually getting female action heroes. I got a male female action hero this time around. So it was a little different for me. So that's why I kind of liked it a bit more.
1: I guess you just accurately described why I didn't like it as much. Okay! So, so yeah.
0: hmm
1: And I get I don't really have anything to add because that's <laughs> exactly what I didn't like about it.
0: Okay, so, so you didn't like how she-
1: I didn't really like that you could easily replace that character with Jason Statham and not miss a beat.
0: I mean, no, I- well, <laughs> no, you couldn't replace that character with Jason Statham at all because then the whole story wouldn't exist. Then there would just be a shitty action movie. But you change it up and you make it a good action movie by giving this female the action hero role.
1: Yes, that's not what bothered me. It was uh-huh. I wasn't even really talking about the action parts. It was more about kind of how she's written. I don't know. I, I didn't dislike it. I mm. did like it.
0: So yeah, I I mean I like how she was written. I liked how yeah this character uh. I guess I guess we can I like how it was a male and a female who wrote this character, I guess. Yeah. It depends on like who was the main person and who did touch ups and I wanna say that Matt Landis probably wrote this and then He's Rose, got
1: first writing credit. So yeah. and
0: then she probably came in a direct, touched things up a bit more sure. mm-hmm. and then made the movie. So um so yeah, um I guess that's all I got for it yeah. <laughs>
1: on a, on a different note, um seeing it was written by Max Landis explains to me why it felt like a comic book movie, I think mm-hmm. and not in a bad way. I like a comic book movie. Um, I guess that's all okay. it, it did feel like kind of like a marvel, a low lower on the scale like offset Marvel mm. movie. Um, so it didn't surprise me when I saw Max Landis wrote it i I enjoyed it, mm, yeah.
0: I just think I liked it for the reasons you didn't like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's exactly
1: why I didn't really like it. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's a fun movie. Yeah. All right. We're nearing the end. We've got the two new releases that we watched. We watched Spiral.
0: Ah, uh, yes. We rented I right. that.
1: I paid 20 bucks for that, which whatever. I would have done that anyway in, in the, the theaters. Theater, yeah. yeah.
0: More money, even. That
1: is uh, an like off-brand saw movie yeah or, but it is produced yeah. executive produced by james wan
0: it's by the same director yeah. of saw movies mm-hmm. uh, darren lynn Bausman is the director i believe so he did a bunch of the other saw movies
1: yeah but it's no tobin bell and no right? not even tobin bell's voice and i did sort of miss that
0: um, yeah oh, good good let's break away from all that shit let's yeah. start something new because that that's what a lot of these reboots and remakes have a fucking hard time doing, is letting go of a lot of that shit from the past. I
1: absolutely do. Move
0: the fuck on, or else yeah. you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again.
1: And I think, yeah, I didn't love this movie simply because I don't love torture porn. Mm-hmm. So if I had been a huge like Saw fan, I think this would have been exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter was, it was just a horror movie that was new, and so I wanted to see it, even if it was going to be torture porn that I don't really like. Mm-hmm.
0: I I did like this one because, yeah. and not necessarily just for the torture porn. I will say that the the uh, the traps and everything this time around are awesome.
1: They're really nasty. They're fucking
0: <laughs> gross. Yeah. Good. That was good. I like that. It wasn't, and it wasn't shot necessarily like the other ones too, where there's a lot of frenetic. Fucking camera movements and yelling and music and shit.
1: Yeah, they do it a little bit, and it almost takes you out of the movie when they do that, like fast motion. People <laughs> oh, the screaming. guy! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, yeah it was Like fuck that.
1: Because the it, the rest of the movies filmed pretty differently. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I yeah I, I like this one. I I thought it was one of the better Saw movies. There was gru- it was gruesome. It was uh, detective story, and plus also it fits in a little bit more with the times, and it took. Um it, it took the police <laughs> and held them accountable for things in a way. It, yes. Um so if you don't if you're not the biggest on the law, you're gonna like this movie.
1: Ultimately it's about dirty cops, but having said that, the the final scene, the imagery in that final scene is very shocking
0: mm-hmm. and
1: maybe ill advised for twenty twenty one or maybe not. I don't know. Just I... my opinion.
0: I wouldn't say it at all. It was ill advised. Yeah. I think it fits in perfectly. Okay, so and I think that's what the the story was trying to tell us anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there we go. And, which I mean, I won't spoil the it's ending. Bold,
1: that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. good.
0: It's good. Mm-hmm. Get fucking bold, man. You should.
1: Yeah, it did not didn't leave angry or anything like that. I did say initially that I hated it, and now that I've been thinking about it, I don't hate it. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just not the biggest saw fan. That's all. Yeah. So what the fuck do you care Like, what I think about this? I wanted to see it because it was a new horror movie. Yeah,
0: and, and this one takes place from the perspective of our protagonists. As yeah. opposed to like we're just in a room and then we're watching the bad guys work right. from there. We're watching the good guys, I guess. I guess. Um, go from uh, set piece to set piece in this one. So... Uh, Yeah, I I enjoyed Spiral.
1: And I didn't hate Spiral like I initially (laughs) thought. (laughs) And, finally, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, That just came out on HBO Max like two days ago, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. We got up in that real quick.
1: Yeah. Um, so I thought this was going to be more my speed, because even when like Conjuring and Ghost movies are stupid, I still have a good time. Mm-hmm. And this was no exception.
0: This was... yeah, this... Um, I didn't love it. Same here. I thought it was okay. Um, I thought there was some good parts to it. I thought overall it was alright, but it was kind of uneven. This movie was very uneven.
1: It was, and it only made me jump once because I'm so used to the Conjuring jump scares. I know exactly what's going to happen. Like, I'm yeah. looking at a scary thing, and it's going to jump out. No, the thing's behind me, loud music. Yeah, yeah. So I really only jumped once, and I was actually kind of mad that it made me jump because it wasn't <laughs> that scary. Um, and I'm a jumpy person. Like, it's easy to scare me with music or make me jump. Um, but not even this Conjuring movie could do it because I was so ready for those scares. They're they're pretty tired scares. But you got, you know, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. Yeah. I always <clears throat> like them.
0: Yeah. If you've seen the other two, yeah, check this out. Um, semi-based on a true story. Uh, yeah. But you read about it, right? It's yeah. Like, of course, all these things happen that they're they're talking that are in this movie, but it's very dramatized, and
1: they're all based on yeah uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren's uh, memoirs. Mm. Um, and when you, my opinion of those memoirs is Ed and Lorraine Warren capitalizing on mental illness at the end of the day (laughs) which is an uncomfortable thing to think about so if you just try to sit back and not think of who those people really were and just enjoy the monsters and the ghosts it's fine
0: that's if you don't believe in exorcists and ghosts and demons and stuff
1: yeah, I think most of the exorcisms they did were with children with schizophrenia, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Wait, you try not to think about the reality that it's rooted right. in, and just have a good time. Right,
0: exactly. And
1: it was this had twists and turns that you're never going to see coming. But I'm I'm not necessarily saying that's a good thing. But yeah, it, it, it was it, coming. it
0: was fine. It's it, fine. It's not bad. Um, I'm thinking it's. Sp- I like at least of the 3. I think I like the second one the most of the 3 of them.
1: The second one is the girl, right? The British and, one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Mm. I even like the first one. Lily Taylor's mm-hmm. great. She always is.
0: Yeah, first one was good. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's that hard. that about <laughs> does it for our movies and we will be right back with our movie of the week. <laughs> Our movie of the week is the nineteen ninety three Brian De Palma film Garrito Sway mm-hmm. Wow uh gangster movie from the 90s yeah
1: so there were when we first i think it was around the time no it was before we even moved in together i admitted to you that i had barely even heard of carlito's way and that i'd never actually seen scarface
0: yeah so what
1: happened was i watched carlito's way first and i loved it and then i watched scarface which was not fair to scarface (laughs)
0: There different, was, different movies. Yeah,
1: there was no way I was gonna like Scarface because Scarface is not a good movie.
0: <laughs> it is a good but movie. It was
1: really unfair for Scarface that I watched Carlito's Way first. What mm-hmm. does uh, I'm trying to remember what John Mulaney says? Yeah. And I'm not trying to say Scarface is a bad movie. It is, but that's not my
0: point. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about how some people like Goodfellas and Scarface. Yeah. Two different kinds of movies, two different tones of movies. Right,
1: and he says it's like saying, I like lobster and Skittles. Yeah.
0: <laughs> both are very good, though. Yeah. <laughs> I like both.
1: Obviously, Goodfellas is lobster, Scarface I, is Skittles. <laughs> I
0: disagree very much on that. Uh, we're, I'm going to do Scarface one of these days. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I'll watch it again. It's bananas.
0: <laughs> it's, ridiculous. it's great.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm embarrassed for Al Pacino at some parts
0: <laughs> but Carlitos way anyway. very good uh, yes um, I remember watching this movie on uh, actually parts of it on VHS back when it was first released on VHS and then I watched it later on on the cable and I was like wow this is a really this is a good movie um, Brian De Palma did Scarface so I was yeah. like alright cool um, and then, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot and watched it over the years, on and off. Uh, it was just one of those movies that I can always catch it wherever, and then I can just watch it.
1: I probably could, too. It's It's good. Now, I did admit to you that I didn't like it as much, but it's mostly a sign of the times. It was 1993... Yes. Um, Vigo Mortensen being Puerto Rican doesn't really sit well mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, Al Pacino being Puerto Rican doesn't really sit well anymore. Yeah. His accent is all over the place. It goes True. from almost offensively Puerto Rican, just like Scarface, uh-huh. who's offensively Cuban,
0: to be Which, fair. Which, Cuban <laughs> accents don't even sound like that, so... No. yeah,
1: And Puerto Rican accents don't sound like that either, because mm-hmm. it's pretty bad, and then suddenly it's just like a southern accent that he's doing, which is weird. Like but a southern Puerto Rican. Yeah. But then there, there's the other thing that I didn't like about it this time around was the narration. Not only mm-hmm. is the narration, his accent is different, but I don't like narration as a rule. When I mm-hmm. hear narration of the movie, I feel like... The writer and director didn't think I would be able to understand the movie without it, and I'm annoyed by that.
0: Give me a chance. Well, sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes that's entered after. Right. You can like Blade Runner is one of them. So I don't know. I don't know why. Like at the beginning of this movie, I I I don't like because it's giving you everything away. Of course, in the beginning, you see that. Uh, very very beginning of this movie, you see Al Pacino get shot. See
1: the end, yeah.
0: Uh, The end of the movie for the most part. Mm -hmm. You not necessarily know that this is the end of the movie, but you know this is the end of Carlito. Right. In a way. So uh, Carlito gets shot, we see him on a stretcher and being pulled out. We get our our voiceover from Al Pacino telling, you know, I'm not dead yet kind of thing. Um, The show's not over. Um, Then he just Pretty much tells he starts to tell us a story about what led up to him getting shot. Right, and our story starts off with uh, Carlito, played by Al Pacino, in a courthouse. He's been exonerated from uh, some some of the charges that were levied against him when he was arrested. When he was. Uh, five years ago, probably he was doing some bad stuff in uh, Brooklyn back in the 60s and 70s.
1: Right, but much like like mob bosses, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to connect that mob boss directly to murder and right. crime, so he ends up getting out.
0: So his, his lawyer, played by Sean Penn, looks, I mean, when this movie came out and Sean Penn was in the role... Almost unrecognizable.
1: Oh yeah, agreed. You're yeah. Like, Who
0: the fuck is this guy? Where are they pick- oh that's Sean Penn, Which holy again,
1: shit? Yeah, Sean Penn playing a Jewish man also
0: <laughs> Well okay. Yeah. I see that's what's so tough about all this this about actors nowadays and actors are supposed to now not back then, now are supposed to start just taking roles that are their gender or their nationality now, and it's it's just much different. We, we live in a much different world. It
1: is. I it, don't
0: necessarily agree with that.
1: Well, the thing is, I, I do agree with it, but, but here's the thing. In theory, actors should be able to play any role because simply mm-hmm. because they're actors and they should be versatile. In theory, that works. Mm-hmm. In execution, what it leads to is very poor representation for other groups because mm-hmm. we mostly see... Is like whitewashing of characters or mm. cis washing of characters. That's the unfortunate truth. Right. So, yes, in theory, actors should be able to do anything, but in execution, they don't. don't because what, yeah. what it leads to is not is poor representation. That's all. Right.
0: And and I agree with that too. Um But it's also a business. Um you want to put your bigger names in there, and and I see that too, but and that might not necessarily be right either. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that going on. Like Gal Gadot has wants to be Cleopatra, even though she's
1: not Egy- Egyptian.
0: Egyptian, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. Uh, there's that, and and I guess I gotta want to ask the question of how do you feel about. British actors playing American actors.
1: No, I I agree because you can also get to where's the line? Yeah,
0: where is the line? The line
1: for me is representation of underrepresented groups. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily a simple line either, but that's the line for me.
0: Mm -hmm. So, um, would you rather have seen Chadwick Boseman play Black Panther or an actual representative from... Africa. I I I know exactly what you're saying. I'm not saying that line is
1: clear. No, it
0: isn't. It it isn't clear.
1: We are starting to do better, and we can continue to do better.
0: Yes, I think it's a start, but at the same time, I think a lot of this there's a lot of lines that people aren't talking about, and I think that's wrong too. Because yeah, of course, there's you have white actors taking over roles of. I'll just say minorities. I mm-hmm. guess I'll yeah. say underrepresented groups. Underrepresented yeah. groups, right? But you're not talking about some groups, some un- unrepresented groups taking roles from lower underrepresented groups. So, like, when when is this? When when will there be clarity for this? When are there going to be some rules?
1: I I understand <laughs> what you're saying.
0: We need rules, damn it. <laughs> I,
1: I don't think we're necessarily disagreeing here. No, we're not. We're not, yeah. we're
0: not disagreeing, but I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm asking you these questions, not necessarily wanting an answer for Rick. them. And there this is, is just posing a question just for any role mm-hmm. out there. Can we get mad at a non-trans actor playing a trans role? Or can we get mad at a a non-trans role being played by a trans actor?
1: And I think once we get more representation, that line can become a little clearer. We Mm -hmm. just, we need to do better. And I'm fine, this was 1993, I'm mm-hmm. not mad about it, but it's definitely stuff that I noticed. Especially when Viggo Mortensen started speaking Spanish, I was like... Well, oh, okay. let's say
0: you didn't know Vigo Mortensen, though. And you didn't know what... Because when I watched this movie, I didn't know who Vigo Mortenson was. Well, no, it's was.
1: 1993, nobody did. And I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, I
0: could, could be Puerto Rican. Yeah. Because I, 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 in Chicago here, we have a, a, a bigger Puerto Rican um, community.
1: Uh, yes. Not as big
0: as like New York or something, right. but there, there, there's there's a good amount of Puerto Ricans who live here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, I don't know what I was trying to get out of this, but oh yeah, oh, I get and it,
1: that, that Puerto Ricans look
0: they can like look like
1: a bunch of
0: or, yeah, can look sure, very yeah. light skin and can have dark skin also, kind of very much like Cuban people. Um, I lived in Miami for a long time, and there was uh, yeah. lots of Cuban people there. Some I thought were just straight up white people until you hear them talk and you're like, oh fuck, you're Cuban. Right. And then you, there's very dark Cubans also, so it's just... Right. Uh,
1: and that that casting would be fine with me if I felt like there was more representation of underrepresented groups, that's all. Yeah. Just an observation, I'm not mad.
0: But then there is a lot of representation in this movie too. We got Luis Guzman.
1: Absolutely. One you of got the greatest
0: character actors ever. John Leguizamo, yeah. Leguizamo's in there. You got, what uh, was that? Don Francisco, or the fuck is that? Uh, yeah, what which is I'm that gonna call guy's it. name? Um, he was in this movie. Um, it's not Tito Puente, is it? No, I think he's no. dead already. But anyway... There's uh,
1: plenty of representation in a movie from 1993, but not main characters.
0: You, you got the one guy from Ghost in there for, for yeah. a few minutes. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this is a wide array of talent in this movie. Sure. Alright, let's get down to the So let's
1: get to it. Yeah. So
0: once Sean Penn's character gets Carlito out of jail, Carlito's a free man now, and he arrives back to Brooklyn or the Bronx or whatever and sees that his whole neighborhood is pretty much changed. It's not like flashy anymore, there's burnt down cars. Like he left and things went to shit. Yeah. But once he got out, now he doesn't wanna do have anything to do with that anymore. Uh, it's Now it's pretty much a story of everyone trying to bring Carlito back into the world and him trying to stay out of it. Yeah. And that's, and that's the gist of the movie for the most part.
1: I totally agree. And I think the part that I noticed this time is that even Carlito can't... Because he still steals money... Like even Carlito can't change as much as he wishes he
0: could. Right. But yeah. it's it's very minor stuff that he does compared to the overall Agreed. story and yeah. situation that he's in. So yeah, he stole what 50 grand in the beginning of the movie because yeah. uh, in the beginning his cousin like kind of like meets up with him after Prism, takes him to the old neighborhood,'s gonna take him to his his aunt's to go have some dinner, but his cousin got into some shit while he was in there. And now, like, he's a like, he's a runner. He's a delivery boy for mm-hmm. one of the local gangsters. Carlito's like, oh, great. This is wonderful. And then he asks Carlito to go with him on one of the deliveries. And Carlito's like, I don't want to fucking do this. His cousin's like, come on, man. You're Carlito. They're going to freak out. Yeah, he's shit. like a
1: celebrity in mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Yeah.
0: So then he brings him to where he's making the delivery. And, of course, none of the guys really know who he is. Because in those five years, they probably switched out four or five different mob, boss, drug dealer people in this whole area. Yeah. So he's, he's the past. He's an old man now, in a way.
1: A couple she, of them know who he is. After
0: a while, yeah. like, oh, yeah, Carlito, I remember you kind of thing. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like that. Not not necessarily, like, oh, fuck, Carlito. Like, it's things have changed. There's new people in town now, younger people. And I think this first scene pretty much establishes that it uh,
1: also establishes how
0: dangerous Carlito can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz Gar- Carlito totally senses that this is a setup. Knows he's in some shit. So, um while the cousins trying to to make the deal with the other guy, um uh, we see that there's pos- potentially the another bad guy in the bathroom and this is a setup. So Carlito's seeing all this and then they he's playing pool with like these two other guys trying to Set himself up to be in a better position to defend himself, but we, the other guys, don't know that. But Carlito knows that, mm-hmm. and of course, we see that um, this is one of my favorite scenes in it's the movie. Weird. Actually, I love yeah. this scene, man, because uh, the one guy is just hey, yeah, get some beer in there, and, and the guy goes in to go grab a beer in the cooler all the way in the bag. He's like, oh, there's no beer down there. Yeah, and then we know he's just gonna fuck him over, and of course, there's no beer down there. He traps his arm in the cooler. Someone comes from the bathroom and stabs him, and that's when all this shit hits the fan. Very kind of reminiscent in a way of... There's a scene in Scarface where there's a drug deal happening there, too. And um, it's very early on in the movies where, like, uh, Scarface is kind of just lower-rung hood right now. Mm -hmm. And he's doing a money exchange, drug exchange. And they double-cross him, and his partner Manny's outside and everything... And it's just like the cutting and the tension, and once everything just goes off at once, bam! The yeah. chainsaw's gone, people are getting sawed and shit. It's very kind of reminiscent of that scene in a way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and but that really that scene really pulls you into the movie and gives you kind of like one of the some of the cool one of the coolest lines ever in film history is where uh, all this shit goes down. Uh, Carlito ends up shooting a bunch of the guys, knocks out a few more of them, goes into the bathroom to where the other guy came out and stabbed his cousin. And he ran out of bullets, but the other guys don't know that. And he reloads his gun. He's like, I reloaded. (laughs) Yeah. he's like, you ready? Here comes the pain. And he goes out and everyone's all fucked up and dead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he grabs the 50K and gets the fuck out of there. Yeah. And yeah, and that's when we kind of find out that Carlito has plans, that he wants to be legit, he wants to invest some money somewhere so that he can go to the Bahamas and retire and just put his money into a car rental place. Yeah. Which seems like really kind of just mundane and everything, but when you think about it, like, yeah, he's got a really good idea. This is a money-making situation. He's going to go to Bahamas, live the rest of his life, Yeah, make some dough. I mean, this it's is a pretty l- good it would idea. would be a
1: lucrative business. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: all about it. I got to back Carlito on this. Who wants to stay in this gang shit anymore?
1: Yeah. And so you understand why he stole money from bad people, yeah. So he could do something good with it, yeah. he's still stealing, yeah.
0: He took an opportunity, um, and hey, you he left, yeah. Uh, which leads us to um, his his lawyer kind of brings him an opportunity, saying, "Okay, hey, um, there's this club I want to get in on. Uh, I would like you to manage it and make sure, you know, because the the owner uh, of the club who uh, has lots of debts, so the the club's always full, but they're not making any money off it because he's got gambling debts and everything. So mm-hmm. I want you to go in there, clean it up, and then we can make some money off of it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what Carlito starts to do. He wants to start getting the cash inflow. He goes to the club, meets up with uh, Sasso, is the name of the, uh, the guy he used to know from back in the day. Now mm-hmm. he has his own club. He kind of, you know... Pushes himself into the situation, probably not the the nicest way either, and puts money into the club. And he starts; he becomes the manager now. Um, now he's making all the gangsters pay and everything, and people aren't really necessarily happy with that. Uh, we end up meeting Benny Blanco from the Bronx, played by John Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. We see like he's the new blood, the new up and comers in in the whole. Bob that they have Freaking there Bob or, whatever or, it is. or yeah. the drug dealing or whatever it is, he's a new player in town so we get to meet him and he doesn't want to pay for his drinks. So uh, Carlito has to go over there and tell him, hey, everyone pays here now. He doesn't own the, Sasso doesn't own the club anymore. I do. Everyone pays kind of thing. And Benny's like, okay, I'll pay. Hey, man, you give me pointers on being a gangster kind of thing. Carlito shuts him down.
1: Yeah, but but Benny Blanco's pretty starstruck at the beginning. That's important. Yeah, Yeah. because he
0: knew who Carlito was. Mm -hmm. and He was kind of, he was like a legend to him. And now to have him right there and then to have your legend kind of piss in your face kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So then we get that character out of the way and then, uh, we, we, we kind of get the feeling that Carlito is being watched. Yeah. So we, we still think maybe the FBI still wants to get a hold of him. So he's, he really wants to play it straight. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, from there we get to see that he was seeing a girl before he went to prison and, uh, Gail is her name. She was a dancer, and five years, six years prior, they fell in love and everything. And before he went to prison, he just broke everything off with her because he thought he was going to prison for 30 years. Yeah. And he wanted just to rip the Band-Aid right off. And, and not, let her go. Yeah. let her go because he loved her and didn't want her to wait 30 years or to feel anything like that. So he kind of just, like, <laughs> dipped out, but he ends up seeing her later on. Uh, she's a dancer. She's still dancing. He, he totally spies on her. He jumps on top of this building. He, well, first of all, he follows her. Yeah. And then he jumps on this building to watch her do like this dance class and everything while it's raining. Very kind of romantic y kind of stuff. But uh, I wouldn't say it was creepy because, I mean, he already knew her and he didn't know necessarily how he was going to approach her. Yeah. Um, he kind of wanted to see where she was in life first. Say, like, maybe she had a boyfriend or a husband or something. Then he totally would have been like, all right, you know, I'm going to do this shit. But he sees that she's still trying to follow her dream and everything. And then he eventually meets up with her and they talk things over a little bit.
1: This is played by Penelope Ann Miller. Have you said that yet?
0: No, I haven't said that yet. Um, She's probably the low point of this movie for me. She's not very good in it. I would have liked to see someone else in this role. Okay. She's okay. But I, I don't know who I'd like to see more. But her representation, like her her look, is good for the film. I like her look, but not necessarily her or her okay. acting. I think I she's kind of plain, too. A little plain, but I think that kind of plays into Carlito and because I would think, okay, Carlitos, Puerto Ricans, and everything. He'd probably be with a Latina woman, but he found like this, like ivory, ivory fucking white woman. And that's a good point <laughs> and, yeah. and an
1: interesting one because she doesn't call him Carlos or Carlito; she calls him Charlie. Charlie, Charlie yeah. yeah.
0: So I, I like that dynamic that's mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, and then she she didn't. It, it seems like she didn't necessarily know everything that he was into, but she knew. Right. So she was kind of like an outsider to this situation, which probably made her fall more in love with him anyway. Mm-hmm. But anyway, going from there, um...
1: I get it. She's. I never think Penelope Ann Miller is like spectacular, mm-hmm. but I, I liked her in this. But I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So yeah, from there. Um, and then uh, hell, what goes on from there? Okay, so we get to see more of Carlito's lawyer, played by Sean Penn. Great in this movie, by the yeah. way. Oh this my god, this is maybe my favorite role of his. He's g- great villain in this movie because yeah. he's Carlito's lawyer, and you think they're they're buddies, and they are for the most part throughout this movie. But shit starts happening to Carlito. Um, uh, one of his old uh, partners, or a guy he used to know, they used to hook him up with stuff back in the day. Uh, who got sent to prison for 30-some years also, mm-hmm. ends up meeting him at the club, and he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen. And it's Vigo Mortensen, yeah. right? And he meets him at the club, like the uh, Pachanga, who play, who's played by Luis Guzman, had recently told Carlito that Laline, his name, was in um, prison for 30 years, or, and then uh, now Pachanga is one of Carlito's men who works at the club, kind of like security guy. So Laline shows up to his office in a wheelchair, and just kind of just they start bsing, you know, about the old days and stuff. And then Laline is like, "Hey, man, there's this score gonna happen." And but Carlito, throughout this time, is going, "Oh, I'm clean now. I'm this and this." So we can pretty quickly figure out because Laline is in a wheelchair, he's not gonna be pulling any heists or anything, right? That he's wearing a wire, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: Carlito figures this out pretty quickly. Uh, turn cranks up the music in his office and everything starts kind of miming to Laleen. Like talking well, giving him, talking to him about shit, telling him how he beat the system and everything and got out. Which you know it's bullshit. He just yep. you know he's wearing a wire and took a deal to try and get Carlito. Mm-hmm. And then we're kind of and at this point we're like, damn, why are they still trying to go after Carlito? He's not doing shit. Like why is the FBI so after him? So what we find out later on though. In the movie is that the lawyer got caught up himself while Carlito was away uh, for five years the lawyer who was like a mob lawyer for a while kind of broke away from that and started becoming a gangster himself started stealing from other gangsters millions of dollars and really bringing his name up so he gets caught up now and he's about to get whacked so he ends up going to the FBI And now he wants, he's trying to give them Carlito so he won't have to spend any time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's still acting as Carlito's like lawyer, his friend and everything. Best
1: friend, yeah. Yeah,
0: he got you out of jail. And Carlito's like, man, this guy, he he is my best friend. He got me out of jail. I only served five years. He's magnificent and everything. That's my man. You know, I'll do anything for this guy. It's like a loyalty thing for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from there... Well, we get to find out that, yeah, the uh, Sean Penn actually stole a million dollars from a big gangster, an Italian gangster, that's in jail. And this gangster is going to break out, and he tasks Sean Penn's character, who has a boat, to come pick him up off of this, this jail that's on a barge. And um, he knows, Sean Penn knows, that... If he saves him, he's going to get whacked. If he doesn't save him, he's going to get killed. Yeah. He's fucked either way. So we asked Carlito if he can help him do this. If he can help him save the man, uh, save the mob boss from the prison.
1: And it's fun at this point, I think, because it's not really clear whether he actually stole that money, even though you're pretty sure he did. Mm-hmm. And it's also unclear what his motives actually are, which is mm-hmm. fun, because that leads to. It's not shocking, but it's a little bit of a surprise when we get there, yeah. Right,
0: so that and that's later on in the movie, but then there's a few other things that happen. Yeah. Like, we have another confrontation between Benny Blanco and Carlito, because Sean Penn's character is going way over now, doing lots of blow, drinking, yeah. fucking waitresses, stealing Benny Blanco's girl, stealing, quotation marks. Um, then there's a scene at the club where, uh, like, Benny Blanco's there, and Carlito's there having dinner at a table, and... Benny Blanco, I guess, was fucking one of the waitresses there, but now she's fucking the lawyer. Mm-hmm. He gets upset, and then there's a, a big a fight that happens between Carlito and uh, Benny Blanco. Uh, they throw beat the shit out of Benny Blanco because he goes overboard because Sean Penn pulls out a gun and is going to blast him.
1: Yeah, they Sean t- Penn's unhinged, mm-hmm. which is very Sean Penn. Right, yeah. they,
0: they take him out the back, beat the piss out of Benny Blanco, <laughs> and they're going to shoot him. But Carlito's not like that anymore. Yeah. He's like, you know, and he even says in his, his voiceover, he's like, back in the day, this dude wouldn't have lasted down the stairs kind of thing. And mm-hmm. we would have blasted this guy, no questions asked. But he lets him go. And he does it in front of Pachanga and one of his other guys. Uh, and it starts to show weakness. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, they let Benny Blanco live. He leaves. Uh, and then that's when we kind of start going more towards. Uh, the lawyer part of it. And, um, and then we get to see Carlito eventually hook back up with Gail because uh, Laleen tells Carlito that Gail has been dancing at this one place lately and he goes and he checks it out and he sees that it's like a topless place and everything. It's
1: more like burlesque than it is stripping. Right. Yeah,
0: Yeah, like a burlesque, topless kind mm-hmm. of strip place. Uh, they have their thing together. They talk and... Um, you know, it's a nice little meeting again with them. Um, but then she kind of says to him, he's like, Can I see you again? And she's like, Well, surprise me, kind of thing. Yeah. So he ends up getting wasted one night <laughs> <laughs> and um, ends up coming to her, her apartments and knocks on the door really late at night. He's like, Surprise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Their chemistry is off the charts. I never thought it would be. Because he's probably like 20 years older than she Yeah. <laughs> I should be icked, but I'm not. Their chemistry's so good.
0: And you like this part a lot, too. I
1: do. And I wondered if I would still like it now that I'm older and wiser. And it was like, maybe I shouldn't, but I do. It's a really hot scene. It is. Yeah.
0: So you want to go over the scene?
1: Yeah. So she's got the chain lock on. He asks if... Uh, she's like, I can't let you in, or something like that. Yeah. Because she's, you know, tentative about it. But she's playing it real sexy. Like, she wants him to come in. Right. It's <laughs> very clear. Which, so that's that's consent right there, I think, to me.
0: And she's pretty much telling him what to do. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to
1: do, Charlie? Are you going to break the door down? and chase she,
0: me around around yeah. here. <laughs> and then she
1: starts to take her clothes off, and he can see her in the reflection. Yeah. And he breaks the door down. And it it all ends up being completely consensual, so Mm -hmm. so the scene is real hot, I
0: think. Mm, That's when they I wanted to reenact that scene, I think,
1: when I first saw it. We need to get a chain lock on our door. Yeah,
0: we do. My my middle name is Carlos. Perfect. There we go. Exactly.
1: So anyway, sorry TMI, everybody. It's a very hot scene. It's all
0: right. They can know my name is Carlito. Or Carlos, either one. Um, uh,
1: so they're officially back together,
0: right? And then that's when they kind of open up to each other a little more. She asks, like, "Why didn't you call? Um, did you ever kill anyone before?" And he yeah. kind of somewhat skirts the question in a way, but gives a longer answer.
1: Like it, he says, "It's not a simple answer."
0: Mm-hmm. It's like it, we grew up differently, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And
1: it sounds like maybe he didn't directly kill, but, but he, he had, had, a had hand. people killed. Yeah. yeah. So that's sort of what he admits to loosely.
0: Mm-hmm. So then they, they're, they're, they're back together, and then that's when the are call. Oh, wait, actually, then there's another scene after they're together. They're out dancing and everything, and we get to see Sean Penn become even more unhinged and shit, and he starts calling out the Russian mob because he's got a chip on his shoulder. They're, like, at a dance club. Carlito's just sitting back. He's an old man watching Gail dance with some other dude. And he's fine with it. Like, dude, he's like, she's fucking me tonight. Like, go. Oh, she can go yeah. dance whatever the fuck she, she wants. she wants
1: to dance. He doesn't want to dance anymore, so he just watches her yeah. dance with another man. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, Sean Penn comes over. He's like, that guy's got his at- hands all over her ass and everything, just trying to make problems. He's like, no, mm-hmm. that's... Called her hips. You know what he's saying? Yeah. that. But he just wants to start shit with the it- this- these Italian guys and the Italian mob because they're fucking with him. Not necessarily those guys, but different mobsters are fucking with him and so that that's what leads us to the boat uh rescue mm-hmm. slash prison break
1: with adrian pazdar yeah adrian
0: pazdar <laughs> playing uh, one of uh the mobster's sons
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um yeah which leads us to that like uh carlito tells gail like hey we can't uh i have to go help him he's my counselor he got me out of all this and everything so i have to help him and she's like, dude, he's a scumbag. Did you not yeah. just see what happened at the club right now? He's, he's very, he's, he's nuts. But he's like, well, she, he helped me get me out of jail. I have to do this kind of thing. And, and she's the
1: last thing. Right. Yeah.
0: It's always the last thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or that, And she's like, you don't owe him anything. Don't, don't do it. So anyway, um, that leads us to the rescue uh, and of course, this isn't a rescue. This is just an execution because instead of rescuing the mob boss who actually escaped and was about to board the boat, Sean Penn kills him and his son. Mm-hmm. So he's double fucked now. Because, I mean, they were going to kill him, but Carlito's with him, so they, he had a better chance. He um, They end up going back to Sean Penn's house, and Carlito's like, dude, we're fucking even now. All right, that's yeah. it. I didn't know you are going to kill these dudes. Did and just you leave really? Him
1: floating in the river, yeah. Did
0: you really steal that money? And Sean Penn doesn't answer. But yeah, you fucking know he stole the million dollars from yeah. him. Uh, to which leads uh, the mob boss's son, other son to get his boys together, and then they try and murder Sean Penn. But uh, he gets shanked a few times, but lives. Mm-hmm. Um right, and then that's when the FBI comes and apprehends Carlito. And they take him in for questioning and he's and they're like, what do you know about uh, Sean Penn? And, you know, they want him to turn turn on him. And he's like, no, I'm not going to, I don't know what you're talking about kind of thing.
1: Yeah, like they're going to cut him a deal if they right. give him Sean Penn. He's yeah. like,
0: we know you're on that boat, but we don't know if you're for sure you're on that mm-hmm. boat. Um, and they tell him about what happened to him. And then they start playing some of the tapes that Sean Penn had been recorded on saying that if you can get me out of this thing with these mob bosses, I'll give you Carlito back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then that's when Carlito stays stone-faced throughout this, doesn't show any emotion while he's in the FBI's care at the moment. Just like, are you guys through? I gotta go now.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And he I don't goes know what you're talking about. And yeah. he goes to
0: Gail, like, all right. Kind of like, dude, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go get my money. I gotta go see the counselor real quick. I'm going to meet you at this train, Pachanga, Luis Guzman, he's going to take you there, and then, um, then we'll get the fuck out of here, And which leads us to the ending of our movie and our big climax, which is probably on par with the Untouchable scene, it's Brian De Palma movie, Except once again. on an escalator. <laughs> Except on an escalator, and just throughout the train station and uh, outside... To where we have, uh, like, okay, we'll start, we'll, we'll go through our end scene here. Yeah. So first thing Carlito wants to do is that he wants to go say goodbye to Sean Penn one more time, cause he'd been stabbed, he's in the hospital, he's in ICU, he's doing better. Carlito goes and meets, meets up with him, to which, uh, Sean Penn reaches for a gun in his hospital bed and he can't get it up in time, but he wasn't going to shoot Carlito anyway. Right. So uh, Carlito, with having all the knowledge that he has, doesn't really say anything to him. And pretty much just tells him, kind of like, good luck uh, with this shit. Tells him that, hey, instead of putting the gun behind you, you should put it in front of you, because then you'll get a better shot off if someone comes in. Even though there's a cop outside, you know, you'll still have a better shot. Yeah. So, uh, but instead of Carlito, you know, setting the gun up for him, he takes all the bullets out. Because prior to that he saw a cop that didn't necessarily look like a cop. He looked more like one of the Italian mob. Mm -hmm. And he sees that he's dressed like a cop and he's going to probably take over for the cop that's sitting outside of his door. And he's going to murder Sean Penn. Mm -hmm. So he kind of saw that already. And and the way this is shot is so brilliantly because we're doing three different perspectives in the shot. We have our Sean Penn who's in bed. We have the cop moving towards Sean bedroom, room and we have Carlito walking away from all of this. Mm-hmm. And it's all interspliced together to where the cop slash mob mobster breaks busts the door down pulls his gun. Sean Penn pulls his gun and while they're pulling their guns on each other Carlito's talking to himself saying, good luck counselor and he throws the bullets that were in the gun into the trash. And it's just, and it's a slow motion shot of the is just hitting the receptacle. Yeah. While that's happening, Sean Penn actually gets the first shot off on him. He would have survived. Yeah. But his gun's empty and the mobster blows his fucking head off.
1: And I just want to say, that's how you do slow motion, Zack Snyder. You don't need to <laughs> overdo it. That's how it's done.
0: <laughs> so we got Sean Penn out of there. Um, next we have to go to the nightclub and get our money out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that Sasso has removed the money from the bank, uh, and that the gangsters who were hunting Sean Penn also think, or pretty much know, that Carlito was on the boat with him that killed the other gangster. So they're there to kind of feel out Carlito in a way, mm-hmm. to see if he had anything to do with it, see if he starts sweating a little bit in his own dance club. And Carlito's keeping it cool for the most part until he goes to his safe and finds out that there's no money in there. Mm-hmm. Then he has to go fuck with Sasso, and he says the money's behind the bar, so he has to...
1: I was gonna tell
0: you. I was gonna tell you. <laughs> and then the the mob guys are all, are, just have their eyes just buried on fucking Carlito throughout this yeah. whole time. Like, hey, Carlito, come back, have a drink with us and stuff. Hey, sit here and everything. And that's when the cop slash mobster from the hospital comes in and says, hey, I saw him there. He was there at the... The hospital.
1: I'm pretty sure that's the mob boss's other friend.
0: Yeah, his, his son. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. his son. And so Carlito knows that the money's behind the bar, and also there's a stairway underneath there, too. So he ends up escaping through there and getting himself like a minute or two to run while the mob bosses, well the mob, mobsters are like, well, where the fuck is he? And then mm-hmm. they finally find out that he took off. Now there's a chase. Now we have a chain trade, a train chase.
1: Mm-hmm. At Grand Central in New York.
0: Oh, right, and there's, yeah, it. Awesome scene on the train where, like, uh, one of the mob dudes is very, very large. He's probably about four or five hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. He's out of breath running around. Yeah. Uh, uh, then we got the few other ones who were following too. So there's like four guys against one here, going down this train, uh, going door to door. Uh, and then there's, of course, there's a lot of people on there too. It's just like, very suspenseful. No one knows that these are mobsters there's no gunfighting just yet it's just very the suspense is up um so carlito finally gets to the last door of the car and then that's when all the mobsters are there and then the cops like a bunch of like i want to say uh police trainees or or police academy cadets get on the train with them right by carlito and he kind of walks out with them you know so then nothing happens Mm -hmm. then he escapes towards grand central station and that's where we get our like uh, untouchable scene to where Carlito is trying to avoid all this shit. And like, man, this the last fucking 25 half hour of this fucking movie is brilliant.
1: I know I can't stop smiling while you tell the story. Brian
0: De Palma is a fucking master. Yeah, he's a fucking master. His older movies and just sprinkled throughout, man, are just uh, great. And the suspense is so up because you're so behind Carlito, man. You yeah. really want him. You you really are behind Carlito. You really are, even though he was a bad guy before, and yeah. even though he's doing some shady shit now. You're really pulling for him.
1: All he really wants to do is be with Gale and rent cars. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, that's, that's what he really he wants, wants to, do, to do. Even though even if he can't really be on the straight and narrow like he wants to be, he mm. really wants it. Yeah. So
0: yeah. So
1: keep going, keep going.
0: So yeah, and that's where we get our escalator scene. Uh, Most of the mob guys are on the escalator, and he kind of ducks underneath, kind of like on the stairs going down to kind of like hide himself. Very iconic shot of that movie, and and even in cinema, it's fucking beautifully done.
1: Because the mob... Can I go?
0: Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Because the mob are
1: heading up on the escalator while he's heading down on Mm -hmm. the escalator, and he almost avoids them. It's so close. And then the huge, fat mobster spots him. Right, and yeah. Yeah.
0: Then that's when the gunfight happens. Everyone's getting blasted. Takes out the mobster's son a little bit. He wings him. Starts running towards the train. Pachanga has been with Gale the whole time. Like, oh, we gotta, let's go to the train kind of thing. And then... Carlito finally gets to the train. The cops shoot the last mob guy. The music he's,
1: swells. He's like, yes, we're here.
0: <laughs> and then right when he's getting on the train, Benny Blanco from the Bronx is there and fires a few shots into him and and puts Carlito down. And then we see that Pachanga actually turned on Carlito because Carlito, I guess, wasn't paying him enough. yeah. And he's the new blood. And he saw the weakness on Carlito because he didn't kill Benny. wasn't getting as much money. And this wasn't the l- the life he wanted. He knew that Carlito was leaving, too. Like, yeah. where, was, where was Pachanga going to go, you know? Mm-hmm. So he ends up um, hanging or being part of Benny Blanco's gang. Uh, for a very brief time, because Benny ends up shooting Pachanga, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. like, no, you're staying here. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And that's when we see, um, again, we see the carlito on the stretcher heading towards the ambulance in slow motion and but this time around he isn't saying saying it's not over for me this time he is saying it is over for me yeah this is last call and before he closes his eyes he sees a poster for the bahamas or paradise or whatever and he imagines that gail takes the money and lives a life because gail ends up uh, finds out that she's pregnant mm-hmm and that she's really, and that's, she was kind of really scared to be, um, like have Carlito as a father because she was saying, like, well, like, I want this baby to have a father, you know, I, you're doing this shady shit, yeah, even though it's safe. just one more time yeah. and be safe. Like, I, she was thinking about getting an abortion, but yeah. kind of Carlito kind of talks her into it. And, and at the end, he says, you know, take the money and take care of the kid and everything, give him a life in the Bahamas or whatever. Um, Kind of thing, and then he shuts his eyes, and that's our movie.
1: Yeah, you don't really know because this has always really been the POV of Carlito, so mm-hmm. I don't really know what happens after that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Great um, movie.
1: <clears throat> now that you've gone through it, like I, I even <laughs> feel guilty <laughs> saying that I liked it less. But I, I have to like it less because there are problems in this movie. Right. But it, as far as movies go, it's really, really good.
0: Yes. Uh, a definite a plus for me if you haven't seen carlito's way or if you've seen any other de palma movies you should definitely check them out yeah. just the master craft and the filmmaking alone yes in these movies god fucking it's amazing
1: Zack snyder yeah <laughs> that's how you do
0: it that's how you do it buddy <laughs> oh man so carlito's way check it out everyone check it
1: out it's um, I think also Showtime is how we watched it. Yeah, I I'm believe Showtime. Sure. Yeah. Man. So good. Sweet movie. It's two and a half hours, and I don't mind. <laughs>
0: so there. <laughs> All right, thank you, everyone for joining us this week. Nice long episode for you. I'll hold you over for another two weeks before I do our next one. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you for joining us, and we will be back in a few weeks.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: what they say